the axe of the blood god. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Axe of the Blood God, US Gamer's official RPG podcast. I'm your host, Kat Bailey, and with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. It's great to have you back. Uh, I told everyone you were dead, but no, you're alive. It was it was all an elaborate ruse. You're okay. I heard that some usurper came in and took over the podcast while I was away. Boy, did he ever. A couple of usurpers, actually. We had uh, Anthony John Agnello, and we had uh, John Learned, which was a lot of fun, actually, to be, to be completely honest with you. What did you all talk about while I was away? Ah, oh, gosh, we talked about, like, the, the thing that strikes me most is we talked about Castlevania last week, which I don't know if it breaks your rules, but we, we broke yeah. the rules. We went to bed or, we went to bed late, we ate all the candy, and we talked about uh, Castlevania, specifically Area of Sorrow and its 15th anniversary. <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't care. Like, we've, <laughs> we've broken the rules before on this podcast. I mean, we've talked about Zelda on this podcast. We have, very much. There are times where it's just like, I want to talk about this art, this game. Ah, I'm going to talk about this game. Don't care. I, I feel like we've talked about, I think we talked about Metal Gear Solid at one point on this podcast. I, just because we, we wanted to. Yeah. Because I had just gotten back from playing it, and I was just like, I want to talk about it, and don't have any other podcasts to talk about it, so I'm going to talk about it here. So... <laughs> So deal with it, but we do. We yeah, do it was, long because we're adults. Yes, I was in Morocco uh, for ten days, and I was in the UK for a few days before that. Got horrifically ill when I got back from Morocco. Ooh. Um, just now getting over that illness, but I'm I'm okay now. Oh, I'm that's okay good. Now. That's I'm, good. I'm gonna be able to get through the podcast, but yeah, Morocco, very interesting place. Strongly recommend it if you can ever go. Food is not so great. But then again, <laughs> I don't eat meat. Don't eat the food. Yeah, I don't eat meat, which is kind of the problem. I, oh. I feel like so much of the best food there is probably meat-based. Yeah, what kind so. of, like, gosh, would they eat a lot of, like, lamb and stuff? Because I love lamb so much. Oh, yeah, they eat a lot of lamb. Oh, um, yeah, I could almost hear Nadia drooling through the, <laughs> drooling the, the mic. Drooling on the microphone. She's just like, oh, yeah. Uh, no, um, I we, were, we had a lot of couscous, and we mm. had a thing called tagine which is this uh, these vegetables with kind of this moroccan spice palette and Ooh. frankly it's a little bland but uh, they had this really good soup called harira oh i love soup what was in the soup i was like kind of a lentily soup um with some with some okay spices it's very basic food for mm. the most part mm. so yeah but uh anyway we rode the, the train uh from fez to casablanca to marrakesh and saw the deserts and we did not ride a camel I was actually going to ask Not you, why did you decide to go to Morocco? What spurred the uh, decision? Well, it's it's kind of my goal to get a new country every year. And I, I think that if you can travel, you should. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a belief of mine. And I'm lucky enough to have the the means right. and uh, the health to be able to travel. Right. So I, I do that. I, I do that a lot. Um, while I'm still able to, oh, I, and I make it sound like I'm a million years old, but you know, <laughs> no, as, at a certain point, older. at a certain point, I'm going to get old and my body will break down. So I, I want to be able to see the world now. And so I try to see, get a new country every year. I've never been to Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and my partner's father went to Morocco back in the sixties when he was in college, just on a whim. Right. And so I think Morocco was always kind of like, it was always just a thing where it's like, we're going to go to Morocco. We're going to see what he saw. And right. We saw we saw a lot of bags. <laughs> bags hanging on hooks in markets. Because there are two the things bags. that Morocco is known for is metalworking and leather. And Yeah, that's pretty cool, though. I actually really want to go to like where my ancestors come from. I want to go to Ireland. I want to go to Hungary. Mm. Um, but I'm just going to sit here for now and podcast. Uh, Morocco had two former Jewish quarters because apparently the sultan... Uh, allowed a large number of Jews to come in and settle during the diaspora. Mm. And um, so there's, there. I think in Fez at least, the or I think the Jewish quarters are now abandoned. Yeah. But you can still see like how different the kind of architecture was because, you know, they were building their own houses and everything. Yeah. It's kind of a neat feature. That's another thing I really love to do is go around the world and see like just how the different Jewish cultures, um, how many are remaining anyway. Uh, or at least see where they were. Um, one regret I had when I was in Japan is I didn't have enough time to, like, there was actually a, a kosher deli run by a Jewish guy somewhere in Tokyo that I really wanted to visit, but I never got a chance. It didn't have enough time. Jewish tourism. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you mentioned Tokyo. Bob's actually in Tokyo. I'm extremely jealous of him right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been looking at his stuff. He made a little uh, shiny penny print out of a like out of a Dragon Quest thing, like one of those machines. You know, you turn the crank and it makes your penny into a a token. He made one of a Dragon Quest slime. I'm very jealous. You and you and Bob both uh, got to go to Japan for the first time this year. It's amazing. Oh, has t- has has Bob never been to Japan? Bob's never been to Japan, oh, if you can believe it or not. Like, a great time. This is like the second time he ever left the country. So <laughs> really, he's, yeah, he always used to tell me he's like, I'm gonna. I've never even been out of the the country for. I mean, because I mean, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, no. So this is the first time he gets to go to Japan, and oh. he uh, he's doing all of the things that you know. Right. I it's just making me homesick as all get out oh. right now. He's he's taking pictures of himself in Akihabara. Yeah, and he's taking. I saw those pictures of the scramble crossing and uh, it's it's hurting my soul because i'm like <laughs> i want to go home now what the hell i'd love to go back just for uh, have a longer time to visit mm, how long did you get i got like maybe three days mm. uh, so it really wasn't long at all and my days yeah. were spoken for because basically i was with like square enix the whole time Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally know what you mean. I, I've, I've been meaning to go back for like two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time I was in like, okay, the last time I was there was 2016. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I've been meaning to take a longer trip just for fun as opposed to going for work in some capacity. Right. Yeah. And I'm really determined the next time I go to get off the usual track, mm-hmm. which is such a privilege like oh japan it's like oh i don't want to see all the usual stuff i don't want to see akihabara or nakano broadway or or shibuya that's that's stuff for that's the stuff for the newbies i want to get i want to get into the stuff that's new and interesting but i the but i have seen those things a hundred times and i've walked through those those same places a thousand times and it's just like i know like japan is such a rich and amazing incredible place and i i want to strike out a little more and break out of my comfort zone a little more yeah i'd love to go to kyoto and see the like the more nature oriented (sighs) stuff kyoto's amazing yeah uh dylan cuthbert who uh helped program star fox and he runs uh q games out there he's a big kyoto proponent right and he'll talk to you he'll talk your ear off about how much better kyoto is than tokyo it's (laughs) it's kind of the difference between well, frankly, it's the difference between, say, San Francisco and London. Right. Right. One is kind of a small, easy to get around, uh, but very uh, cultured city. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a mega, mega, metro- mega metropolis. Right. Huge. It takes like hours to get from one end of the other to the other side to the other. So, and it's all like, it really depends on your tastes, to be perfectly honest. But if I ever go back and live in Japan, and I would like to actually, um, I would go live in Kansai, mm-hmm. get some of that street food in Osaka, live in Kyoto. It's such a beautiful area. So beautiful. You have a plan. But, <laughs> speaking of Japan, and I mean, when isn't Japan an appropriate segue for this podcast? I totally agree. This is 100% legit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3, which was finally shown Oh, I think it was just yesterday, as mm-hmm. of the recording of this podcast, Mike was on the ground in L.A. to check it out and record his thoughts, and we're also going to be talking about SMT Strange Journey Redux. I would also like to talk about Pillars of Eternity 2, which kind of got lost, uh, kind of fell between the cracks, and is certainly worth talking about, because, I mean, it's 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 a great Western RPG. It's it's really important. Uh, we gave it an excellent review. We, we passed it off to our extremely able freelancer, Doc Burford, and he gave it an, a glowing review. Yeah, he did. Um, we'll try to have him on the podcast, I think, next week. But for now, uh, let's, let's talk about kind of the games at hand. Um, so Kingdom Hearts 3, I mean, wow. Uh, Nadia, I can't believe it's actually coming out. Yeah, if uh, if they're going to flick out and uh, cancel this on us somehow or just like shove it under the carpet somewhere, uh, they'll, be, they'll be throwing away a lot of work because this looks to be pretty far along, to be honest with you. I think finally Nomura knuckled down and actually made it happen. Or somebody stood behind him with a stick and said, okay, this is happening or your life. <laughs> Every time he started to scrap a piece of artwork, somebody just pulled out a cattle prod. (laughs) (laughs) Or they said, here's the deal, Nomura. 
We're taking away your cigarettes until you freaking finish this game. Oh, is he a big smoker? Uh, apparently, he is mm, a very yeah, that's, large that's smoker. That's one way to get a, a smoker to get something done. He sits around and he smokes and he smokes. And Impossible. look, I've never met the man and I've never worked with him. I'm only going off rumors. <laughs> so, <laughs> but there have been many stories about Tetsuya Nomura over the years. And, uh, well, I mean, this game has been 12 years in the making. Oh my this. God. The last time Kingdom Hearts eight, last time a proper numbered Kingdom Hearts came out, and I'm not talking about one point five mm-hmm. or two point eight or whatever. It was two thousand and six, <laughs> and I had just moved to Japan. That's a long That's time. A long time. I think on the other podcast when we still had it, R.I.P. I asked Katie, uh, "Were you in like middle school when?" <laughs> When Kingdom Hearts 2 was a thing, and she did the math, and yes, she was, apparently. Yeah, okay, so Katie was certifiably a baby. Yep. I'm pretty sure Hiran wasn't born yet. Probably not. And uh, Hiran's our guides writer, and we goof on him for being very much the baby of the staff, but uh, Kingdom Hearts 2, I mean, it just came out so long ago, and there was that gap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember this gap? Um. And then there was the announcement that there were games coming out for the DS and yes. the Vita. Yes. Not the Vita, the PSP. The PSP, yeah. Yep. This this was how long ago it was. <laughs> it was before the Vita. It was, that, it was that other system that was actually much more successful than the Vita, yeah. the PSP. And it was like, what was it? There was Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. Or something Birth by Sleep, I think, was on the PSP and... Yes, uh, and then there was another one for the DS, and forgive me, like... Was it Dream Drop, Dro- Dream Drop Distance? Or was that yes, the Dream Drop Distance came out for the 3DS. Okay. Jesus. Because it was the 3Ds, Dream oh. Drop Distance. Oh, I learned a thing here. Okay. Huh. Yes, and that had Neku from The World Ends With You. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember, yeah. uh, I don't know if you uh, pay attention or, or watch uh, Johnny Versus, but uh, it's a series I like a lot on... Uh, on YouTube, and he actually went through all the Kingdom Hearts games, and uh, one by one, and you kind of see him losing his patience as he goes on with the story. But yeah, I remember now that Niku was in uh, that game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so all of this was understood as kind of being a bridge to Kingdom Hearts 3, mm. and I think that there have been Kingdom Hearts 3 rumors and wanting Kingdom Hearts 3 and desperately waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3, as long as I've been in the games press, and I've been in the games press for almost 10 years at this point. Yeah. No, I have been in the games press yeah, for 10 yeah. years and at this point. it's the same with me because I remember, uh, gosh, I started around 2004 is when I really started mm-hmm. to get into it. So, yep. <laughs> this reminds me of the whole Final Fantasy 15 thing, right? Oh, yes. A game that literally had to be taken away from Nomura, I assume. <laughs> well, in any case, it went to a different director because Nomura no longer had time for it. Because And they basically had to scrap a large chunk of it and do, and pretty much make a new game yeah. based on kind of what was there and tried to cobble together something really fast in time to finally get it out. And, and that's a whole different podcast, but... Uh, Tetsuro Numura, uh, but then uh, to his credit, uh, Numura sat down. I was like, "I'm going to finish Kingdom Hearts 3. and also I have Final Fantasy VII remake on my oh. on my table, and I got too many projects. Yeah, he kind of does. Um, Stop giving the man too many projects, Square Enix. Stop giving him. Yeah, you should probably let him finish one thing at a time, and make sure he finishes those things like within a reasonable time frame. And we're not all getting old and having grandchildren by the time we're going to be playing Final Fantasy VII remake. I mean, it's too late. I've, I'm already 70 years old. I'm no longer able to travel. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3. Hi, we're from the future. <laughs> yes. So future me just came in through the transporter and said, it's all a lie. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 is not coming out. Either that or we don't want Kingdom Hearts 3 to come out because, in fact, it will signify the end of the world. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the catalysts. This is one of the horsemen. They have a lot of zippers. <laughs> I mean... In a way, I was sad that Final Fantasy XV came out because then I didn't have it to look forward to anymore. It's kind of like Persona 5. We waited for so long for Persona 5 to come out, and then it came out, and I was like, well, now what? (laughs) Now you wait for the next Persona. And then I wait for Persona 6. There you go. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, My fear is always that they're not going to make it another one. 
That's um, kind of in that style that they'll abandon the style that I like and it'll be like, well, now oh, the series that I like is totally dead now. Cool. I'll make it a free to play mobile game. But yeah, I hope Kingdom Hearts fans are ready because Kingdom Hearts 4 is going to be another 15 years after that. Yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, if you're lucky. Years. Yeah, but finally Kingdom Hearts 3, it's here. It's playable. Mike played it. Mike played it. He it held it has he held it. Uh, it seems pretty cool for the most part. He, there are two sections. Uh, he was saying the first and the shorter of the two is Olympus. Again. The world of Disney's Hercules. Why are we going back to Hercules? Because, I guess. Uh... I guess. So, okay, so the only reason. So when the original Kingdom Hearts came out in 2001, mm-hmm. I think Hercules was pretty new. Hercules was very new at that point, yes. It might have come out in 2000, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of one of the last of the, you know, the golden age of Disney. Yeah, right? you're right. Oh, God. No, yeah. it was before. It was before 2000, because I remember I used part of it for an anime music video I made in school. Yeah. I know it doesn't oh, officially make it anime, but there was a lot of anime mixed up in there, too. Oh, bless. You actually made... <laughs> That reminds me, when I was in Morocco, this is just an aside, we were staying in a Riyadh in Marrakesh, and there was, uh, there was this caretaker kind of host who was just a living caretaker. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting and having mint tea. Mint tea is oh, like one of tea. the main drinks of Morocco. Rot your teeth right out of your head. It's just sugar and mint and hot water, but it's delicious. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so good. And we hear the familiar streams of, I tried so hard, I got so far. (laughs) And we're like, what? Is it 2000? Holy crap. So apparently we found one of the only remaining Linkin Park fans. (laughs) Aww. The backdrop. Of so many anime music videos uh-huh, uh-huh. from over the years. Uh, it was incredible. Linkin Park uh, was anime music videos back in the day. But I'm even talking about before then. This is before... Like, I used a an actual analog editing suite. Uh, I didn't have any computer stuff. Like, my computer... My, my high wow. school had an analog editing suite for some reason. You used to download those AMVs off Kazaa. <laughs> <laughs> With a virus or two. Because, oh my god, I think my virus was just infected with so many STDs, it wasn't even funny. <laughs> or my, com- my computer, like my poor laptop, I'm surprised it even ran. I'm sitting there for like two days downloading videos. This is me waving my cane, get off my lawn, kids. Before YouTube. But I digress. But yeah, no, uh, that Linkin Park and Evanescence. Evanescence, oh was my real, god. Yeah, it was a real... <laughs> yeah, it was a real blast from the past, but... Uh, I digress. So anyway, uh, kind of a weird thing to go back to Hercules, but hey, uh, Hades was, it's actually secretly one of the best Disney villains. Honestly, if they get James Wood in for Hades, I'm down. I don't care. Isn't James Wood crazy? He's crazy, crazy? but he's a really good, he's a really good Hades, which I guess is fitting. But yeah, he's a dick, but he's a good Hades. Isn't he one of those people who gets on Twitter and just goes off? Uh, He goes off, uh, name it, SJWs this, this, and that, Uh, snowflakes, blah, 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 liberals, yeah, whatever. Gotcha. Yes, because I remember him, he was a a guest star on The Simpsons, and so he came up on Talking Simpsons, and they were like, don't read his Twitter feed. I'm like, oh. Oh, But he was so good on The Simpsons, too. There you go. I still think, no good mother, beep, 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 cheese. No, not you, the microwave. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I gotta say, it was real nice getting away from Twitter when I was in Morocco, because oh, every time I turned on my phone, I felt like it was screaming at me. <laughs> this is costing you 10 cents for every second. It didn't matter how many, it didn't matter if I agreed with them, disagreed with them, it felt like everybody was on full blast all the time. <laughs> and they usually are, that is Twitter. Sometimes I just turn it off and I'm okay. I go play video it was games. Just, it was a wall of screaming that I could not hear coming out of my phone but <laughs> so anyway yeah so we're going back to hercules uh which in the original game was a coliseum right just a coliseum and it was mostly notable for if you got far enough you could fight sephiroth right w- oh lord which was so bad ass yeah. in 2001 or 2002 whenever this game came out i think it was 2002 yeah 2002 and yeah no he was so badass because i mean this is a PS2. Yeah. And you got to see Sephiroth with a mouth. 
<laughs> they kind of gave him a mouth in the remakes, like for the, not the remakes, but the, the re-releases for Steam and, and PS4, but it's just like this kind of weird open sex doll mouth is really, is really disturbing. <laughs> I don't, or disconcerting rather. Mm. But yeah, an actual yes. living mouth. That is, that was new. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he looked like the person. He looked amazing. His his model was incredible. He had the one-winged angel thing going on and everything. And he was really hard, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also had Cloud showing up. Yes. And, bandages uh, on his sw- fucking sword. Yes, the bandages on the sword and the cape. And this was the beginning of Badass. Um, what, what was the movie that came out in 2005 called... Um, I forget it. I, I can never remember the name of the dang movie, but you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like at the end of Final Fantasy VII, they were like, "We have deconstructed the the hero and built him back up and everything, oh. and let's mosey." But then they come. Then they said, "Actually, let's just play the archetype straight." But Cloud is the badass hero now. Yeah, that's so. not Advent Children, is it? Advent Children. Okay, that's so that one. was it. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's yeah. I was a little bit pissed about that because he. He he was. They made him like kind of emo and badass when he was never really much like that in the, in, the, in Final Fantasy VII. But that's a whole other conversation. So, but the new section is not just the Olympus Coliseum. This one actually puts Sora, Donald, and Goofy up against the Titans of Myth. Mike says mm-hmm. a giant hulking beast of stone is throwing rocks down at the team from a high mountain. This sounds like God of War three, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> with with less, a little less bloody, maybe. He's gonna end up stabbing. Uh, he's gonna stop. End up stabbing Zeus through the face wow. with the keyblade. I'm here for that. <laughs> Cutting off his head and carrying it around as a trophy. Uh, but apparently, one of the things that's immediately apparent is the new vertical nature of Sora's movement. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's a new auto running feature, which is interesting. It was just automatically vaulting over small rocks, boxes, and platforms, other objects in his way. Um, and then so you see these walls with a persistent sheen, you run into one and Sora will keep going in the same direction up the wall. Wow. You can even change direction. It feels a little like something similar to what they were doing with Final Fantasy 15, where you could beam all over the place. Yeah, like you could warp all this over the sense place. of constant movement, um, that is frankly a little confusing and insane, but mm-hmm. does feel pretty anime. Yeah. It's, it's very, very Dragon Ball Z ish, but kind of fun. Yes. Uh, there's a new thing called reaction commands, um, which is introduced via attractions. And uh, attractions are special attacks that are situational and based on rides from Disney theme parks. <laughs> Here comes a dumbo ride. <laughs> it's going to fall apart under you and kill everything under well, you. Well, one's um, like Big Magic Mountain, uh-huh. which is based on Big Thunder Mountain ra- Railroad. And it's a mighty flying train that soars around the beast and shoots fireworks at it. Wow. And the attractions are regional, okay, Mm. so, but there's also summons, right? um, where you're summoning Disney characters like Ariel from The Little Mermaid, uh, who's attacking, which is, uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, Uh, that's definitely cool. Um, Was that, wasn't that in the previous games too, though? Like, you could summon Disney characters or their attacks? uh, No, I think you summoned other characters in the past, but... I could be wrong on that front. Mm. I will say that one of the criticisms of past Kingdom Hearts games, and I agree with them, um, has been, especially in the spinoffs, like Birth by Sleep, we weren't getting quite enough Disney. Absolutely. That is my one massive complaint about Kingdom Hearts, and the one thing that has definitely kept me away. And if they can find a way to rectify that this time around, and not shove the story up its own ass within the first 10 minutes, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board. I, believe it or not, in the original Kingdom Hearts, I was one of those people who wanted more Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, I mean, I liked the... I, okay, I like Disney, but I've never been a Disney super fan like right. some of my friends. I know there are people who are, like, just crazy for those movies and for those worlds and everything. And uh, I will admit, like, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed Frozen and Tangled. I really enjoyed, obviously, I love Pixar. Mm -hmm. I really, I have just a huge amount of admiration for Beauty and the Beast. But I'm not going to say, like, oh, this, like, super creates soaring joy in my heart. I mean, maybe if Kingdom Hearts had a Gundam world, that that would be a little different. But... (laughs) Nadia, how do you feel about Disney? I am very uh, hot or cold on Disney. I I like it very much. Like, um, I actually watched Mulan on the tr- on the plane down to uh, 
Mm. what do you call it, uh, Japan. And I used to like be so in love with that movie when I was like 18. And it's kind of a gem. I mean, it's a little, yeah. sh- feels a little truncated, but I love the Be a Man song. Great oh, that's song. a great song. That's 100% like still okay. That aged fine. But uh, the rest of it is kind of so-so. I'm watching it now saying like, oh, okay. So Jap- Japan, China, and Korea all have the same culture now. Just kind of molded into one thing. Oh, okay, uh. whatever. <laughs> but um, I still love Mushu, I have to admit. Hmm. Yeah. I, I I really identified with Mulan struggling with femininity mm-hmm. in the opening parts of the of the story and yeah absolutely. all of that things so yeah th- I can uh, say that yeah good movie uh, ultimately but yeah so yeah it like I said mileage will vary for Disney fanatics of course Disney or Kingdom Hearts is basically a thing and one thing and I always kind of wonder is like why did why did Square Enix go in this direction? Mm-hmm. And then I went to Japan. Oh, yes. <laughs> and discovered how much the Japanese love Disney. Oh, my God. Yeah. They have two Disney theme parks in near Tokyo. And, like, it is the primo destination uh, for boys to take girls or uh, any sort of pairing to take to on a romantic getaway mm-hmm. to go to Disney Sea or Tokyo Disneyland and uh, yeah uh no Disney is such a ridiculous thing and it's such a major selling point and i remember years ago oh god i must have been on role players rom or something i was basically arguing that kingdom hearts was the most major japanese property that had that square enix had like it had the most mainstream crossover, more so even than Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think of that? I feel like that's a that's a good point. I just feel like if it had been less Square Enix and more Disney, then it would have been hmm. maybe more of a force uh, in that direction. Uh, I am actually very interested to see if uh, Square Enix will be kind of reined in with a story in this kind of post, you know, Disney owns everything age. Year of our Disney. I, I I couldn't believe that Leonard Nimoy was in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Who did he play? He played a villain. Oh my god, I forgot about that. I don't know why he would do that, but whatever. <laughs> um, rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy. He's pretty awesome. Uh, I I don't have a huge problem with the lore. It got a little involved, got a little crazy. Uh, I think a lot of people just want the nostalgia ride through the different worlds. Yeah. But I think in some ways, some people have posited that Square Enix was hedging its bets effectively. Mm-hmm. In case they lost the Disney license, they could keep Kingdom Hearts going. Right. Yeah, I've heard that. And that it definitely checks out. Although it's kind of funny how with the handheld version to the game, it kind of got less Disney and more Square Enix when everything was secured by that point. Yeah. So the second part of the demo is much longer and it's the Toy Story side. Mm-hmm. The one that we've known about forever right. since we saw the demo. And I remember seeing that demo and thinking, oh my God, uh, finally we've arrived. Like, this looks like a 1995 CG film. This is great. <laughs> we've come full circle. At last, the, the promise of the PS2 is realized. Uh, apparently Rex, the, the T-Rex, is a fan of Sora because a version of Sora is named Yozora. And he's the hero of a best-selling video game in the Toy Story universe. So this, this okay. is all getting very meta. That is that is a little bit meta. Yeah. Um, and uh, so you can run around in Andy's room and, you know, you're fighting Heartless and everything. And and yeah, the, the Wreck-It Ralph arcade game is in Andy's room as well, which I, I think is pretty neat. Uh, the Fix-It <laughs> Felix Jr. <laughs> did you ever play that game? I did, actually. Um it's very, it, it was pretty cute. I love uh, Wreck-It Ralph, so uh, talking about the mm. Disney movies that I liked, I, I really did enjoy that one very much. Was that a Disney movie? Yeah, it was. It must have been, because it's, it's in, in Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts, Hearts. right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's Disney. I should just assume everything, everything is, Disney is Disney at this now. point. Everything is Disney now, like I said, Year of Our Disney, 180. I, I really enjoyed that game, or that movie. I liked the twist at the end. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to lean so hard on the ice cream land with the the cart racing and everything. Right. I actually heard, uh, speaking of Japan again and the things they love, I hear that was that part of the movie in particular was just huge over there. They just love Sugar Crush. 
I think they just called it like sweet racing. Like they didn't yeah. call it Wreck and Ralph. They just basically straight up said, "No, this is called like sweet racing or something like that." <laughs> or like, sugar okay. rush. Yeah, sugar rush. But uh, so this part of the demo, interestingly, multiple keyblades. Mm-hmm. So there's the Infinity Badge, Smile Gear, and the Ever After. Um, and the Ever After has a finish, which is Rapunzel's Tower is summoned out of the ground, dealing damage to every enemy nearby. Wow. And Mike said that was his Keyblade of choice. <laughs> yeah, I can understand why. That would that would fix what ails you. Yeah, right? I... I I like the idea of different keyblades being available that have different finishes. It sounds like the combat to me mm-hmm. is just take the original hack and slash action of Kingdom Hearts and just turn it up to 15,000 yeah. basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean just don't don't worry about whether it makes sense. <laughs> it's just here for the bright shiny colors and the explode. And you are powering yourself up. And look at all the references, and this is cool. Yeah, I think Mike mentioned that. They just kind of go, like, all out with all the shinies this time around. Yeah, so it's not a bad thing, necessarily. Uh, If you have something as as ridiculous as, like, Disney and Squaresoft, like, to begin with, like, I guess maybe that was Mm. even one of my main problems with with the games to begin with was it took itself a little too seriously, but... And I actually don't mind that the combat is super over the top and crazy. Right. Because the combat in the original Kingdom Hearts was pretty boring. Because mm-hmm. it was the same stuff over and over again. Right. And over the years, they just kept kind of layering on extra stuff. And the point was to make it less rote. Right. Because it was just like hack, hack, slash, hack, hack, slash, do some magic, do some dodge, hack, hack, slash, hack, hack, slash. And it, it got old. Yeah. Uh, undeniably. So... I, I I guess I I just I feel like the gameplay is so secondary to the overall enjoyment of Kingdom Hearts. What people really want to see is the different Kingdom characters interacting with one another's story. Am I wrong? No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I can see how that would be a lot of fun, especially in this day and age of everything's crossovers. <laughs> yeah, no, Kingdom Hearts fits perfectly in this age of you know Avengers Infinity War. Exactly. So there are, like, multiple different systems, reactions, attractions, the link system, tons going on. It's It, it sounds confusing. I'm sure it's not nearly as confusing as it actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in a toy store, uh, which is pretty sizable, and your journey carries you through a game store where you fight the dragon-like supreme smasher from a game called Monstrous Monsters and Babies and Toddlers, where you have to fight what looks like to be an off-brand Disney's Descendants doll. <laughs> completing the latter event ends the second part of the demo uh mike liked the game he thought it cool looked cool i haven't been able to watch any video of what the game actually looks like mm-hmm. in motion but it looks quite lovely yeah it looks so, very nice so it's here it's coming it's coming out how does this make you feel inside nadia uh it makes me feel like anything is possible and next thing you know we'll see unicorns running through the streets shut up <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, to be perfectly honest, I will play Kingdom Hearts 3 because I have to, but I'm not a big Kingdom Hearts fan, and I think I've said this on the podcast, I don't want to be a killjoy. No, absolutely. I think that lots of people like Kingdom Hearts, and I think that that's great, actually, and I think there's a lot to like the series. Uh, It Going all the way back to 2002, when I played it for the first time on the, the PS2, it, it never really tickled my fancy. It, it lost me at uh, the Tarzan section. The original game lost me at the Tarzan level, which was dense and kind of boring to look at. Right. And it, it just really didn't do it for me. And then years later, I got a PS2 and another copy, and I tried, to, tried it again. Uh, failed. My partner started playing it, and she got as far as Monstro. Mm. And... I was always so let down by how the execution of it because it was just a succession of really bland multicolored chambers finishing with you finding Monstro's heart. And I was just like, this could have been done so much better. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like this section. So uh, give me a good old turn-based RPG any day of the week. Uh, that's just me. 
Well, but I did love see. I loved seeing Selfie and the Final Fantasy X crew on the beach. I loved the. Yeah. I loved the random appearance of um. Oh God, I can't remember. Uh, w- one of the cooler characters from uh, who's from Final Fantasy X, oh. making an appearance in Hades. Yeah, you know who I'm talking yeah. about with the hood. Um. And the the sunglasses. Yeah, that dude. I can't. I I know his name starts with a Z, but I can't remember yeah. the rest of it. A Z. This is how we know that Cana- that Gennady is Canadian. Apologies. <sighs> but it's going to be the end of an era. I'm, I know Katie's going to be very happy. Katie's going to be very happy. She probably plays it and it's not going to live up to her expectations. She's going to be sad. I don't know. She seems pretty sanguine about Kingdom Hearts these days. Like, she, she, she's not like full fangirl or anything. Right. She's not like, she's not like, I'm so invested in the Kingdom Hearts universe. I love Kingdom Hearts, etc. She's like, no, whatever. I... I am totally down with uh, I'm I'm down with it. I understand its limitations. It's kind of silly. It was a thing that I grew up with. Right, but at the same time, I I mean, I think things that you grow up with are powerful, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I'm like you with the series. I don't despise it. I don't hate it by any means, and I'll give it a try. I'm really hoping that the story I can follow it, not having played much mm. of the previous games. So I'm just relieved that we're done with the teases because the teases go back so (laughs) far. They go back forever. We were teasing it in like Birth by Sleep. Yeah. We were teasing it like, I think it was last year, uh, the Kingdom Hearts, God, was it 2.8? I think it was called 2.8, came out and it had the dream drop distance and then it had an, an extra thing that had one of the Birth by Sleep characters and it was, and then they had a hands off tech demo that was basically teasing a large portion of Kingdom Hearts 3. Right. And we've seen so many teasers over the years about the technology or story elements or whatever they were working on it for it. So thank God it's finally yeah, coming Yeah, now out. we can start over again with a bunch of like 3.1, no. 3.2, 3.3. Just keep on going down the line till we get to 4. I'm going to say a nice thing about Kingdom Hearts now. Mm-hmm. And that nice thing is, unlike Final Fantasy... You can play all of the Kingdom Hearts on one system. That is true. Which is the PlayStation 4. They released all of them, all of them, all the handheld games, all of the console games, chain of memories, you name it. It's all there on the PS4. So you can enjoy all of it if you want. That's great. Why the hell... Are not all of the Final Fantasies like this? I know why, right? Like, uh, God, at least give me like the ones that are less accessible now. Like, you know, say one through through six or one through seven. I don't care. Just a nice collection, a nice Final Fantasy collection. I know that porting a game to a system is not an easy thing, and if you just take the PSN games and drop them onto a disc, people are going to get all mad. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. But if you give me the original console versions that are reasonably translated to uh, the PS4 and you include like Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy XII, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XV maybe, um, that's a heck of a collection. Yeah. And I actually, it feels like a missed opportunity because it feels like so much of the work is already done. I, I mean, agree. Nine got ported out to the PS4. Am I wrong? It's on the PS4. Yeah, it's not, that's what I played it on. It was great. I enjoyed it. Seven and eight. Um, I, I know seven's on the P uh, is on PSN. Yeah. It has like various things, and uh, it's like the PC port. Yeah. Uh, I just come on, guys. Come on. Do right, do right by the fans for a change and release the Final Fantasy Anniversary Collection. Kingdom Hearts has you beat on that front. Yep, absolutely. Okay, Nadia, so you are playing Shimagami Tensei Strange Journey for the first time. You just wrote an article on the site and that article is called uh playing strange journey redux as a persona fan is so weird yet so familiar and i was wondering if you could kind of give me a you know a rundown of what the main thrust of that article is well um as i said in the article i have played persona 4 and i have played persona 5 and this is my first shin megami tensei game and i knew it would be different 
uh, to a certain degree, but I wasn't I wasn't 100% clear on how different and in what ways. Like, uh, I knew it was a dungeon crawler, so I was expecting, like, you know, the navigation to be kind of a little bit straightforward, like, you know, kind of tile by tile, room by room, the way it is, and, like, you know, most dungeon crawlers, that was fine, that wasn't a surprise. Um, the thing that surprised me, I suppose, is that it's less about fighting with your human allies, which is what Persona is about, more about fighting with demons, and the demons are, I think, a lot more disposable for that reason, because you have to stay one step ahead, you have to keep recruiting and combining demons and making them stronger and stronger, uh, whereas Persona is really, it really is a lot more character-driven. Your friends are first and foremost, and the Personas they use are kind of, almost like they supplement the way your friends attack. Uh, they're, they're basically your friend's magic system. And even in the case with the protagonist for Persona 3, Persona, sorry, Persona 4, Persona 5, um, even the Personas, even though they're wild cards and they can make and use any Persona you want, even their initial Personas are still very much part of their character. And that's not so much the case, in, in at least in Shin Megami Tensei uh, Strange Journey Redux. Um, yeah, so I, I was a little bit unprepared for that whole disposable element. It, it's not that I... I like it, like, it's fine. It's not that I disagree with it or anything, but it was uh, a little bit like, oh, well, the friendship with my demons has ended. <laughs> Battle strategy. Friendship has ended with Jack, Jack, uh, Jack Frost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hung on to poor Jack Frost as long as possible, but uh, I was like, well, sorry, dude, you just you just ain't cutting it no more. And I, I combined him, and I can't remember who I made, but, uh, yeah, he's long gone. <laughs> Jack Frost is always a great starting point. Yeah, yeah, he was for a long time. Um, I'm still using Shisa, which is a, a really good, another like pretty good starter that I've actually hung on to for a while. Yeah, anytime you can get abilities like Rampage, mm-hmm. where you're you're going in, you can hit enemies with multiple hits for physical damage, or you can get, or you can start getting those heavy nuke attacks, yes. or that kind of thing. Anything that's going to uh, just hit really hard no matter whether it's um whether or not it's a weakness or not Mm -hmm. is kind of ideal so how are you finding the difficulty um there is a casual mode that i have switched back and forth from here and there Mm. Uh, i try to keep it on normal mode because um to be honest casual is not too much of a uh, a challenge once you get the feel for the game uh i kind of like the challenge that comes with staying one step ahead and making sure i have demons that i can you know, use against my enemies. I like that that kind of strategy element of like balancing my party with them. Uh, but sometimes it just uh, my main problem, I guess, is that sometimes the enemies just hit too damn hard and they take way too much freaking damage. Yeah, I mean that can especially once you hit some of the bosses. Exactly. The bosses are really tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this game does not pull, pull any punches and. What it comes down to often is grinding. <laughs> comes down to grinding, and also uh, you do have to make some interesting choices with your demons that you keep company with because your alignment. Uh, if you have the same alignment as a demon, and you hit the weak spot of a demon, the same the demons who share your alignment will join in on your attack, which is very very handy. Although not an end all be all to uh, to your problems. Yes, alignment is extremely important in SMT Strange Journey. It infects so much, and I was like, what do you think about that? I have not found a way to change my alignment. Um, I'm not sure mm. how it's done, except maybe if I'm a, I'm a jerk to everyone. I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> well, I think that's something you got to fi- figure out, right? Yeah, I'm, let's see, where am I? What is your alignment? Right now, I'm just neutral. True neutral. True neutral, 100% neutral. I'm, and I'm, I see myself as more of a, a lawful neutral type in, in real life, so I'm okay How with far it. are you? What's that? Lawful neutral. Lawful neutral. Interesting. Yeah. I think I'm lawful evil myself. Why are you? <laughs> what have you done? Who have you killed? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to tell you where the bodies are buried. But I, I'm definitely not chaotic evil. No. Definitely lawful evil. <laughs> <laughs> not lawful good. Come on. I mean, lawful the goods lawful are good assholes. Is, yeah. They're, they're stuck up, you know, paladin types. Eh, boring. I'm definitely not chaotic good. Therefore, I'm lawful evil. <laughs> oh, okay, that that makes sense. What about neutral? Are you not true neutral? <laughs> no. <laughs> not right in the between. I got opinions. That's true. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, beige. No offense. 
Maybe I'm more of a chaotic neutral. But either way, I, I find myself more on the, Ooh. the neutral scale. I think chaotic neutral is a good way to put you, yeah. Nadia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I would love to. I, I think Katie is the chaotic evil one on the staff. She's totally chaotic evil. I, I say if yeah, anyone's close. She'd burn it all down. You never know. Uh, I think Mike is the uh, chaotic Mike lawful. is lawful good. He's not lawful good. Oh, he's lawful. He's so lawful good. Come on. He is Come pretty on. angelic. Mike is very lawful good. <laughs> but he's so sweet. I, I, I'm not sure where to put Matt, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I can't get a feel for him yet. Maybe I need to work on that. <laughs> Yes, we need to get to feel for this guy that we've been working together with for a year. <laughs> well, on a and d scale, that's a total different sort of personality <laughs> measurement. Well, you know, it's important. you got to put everybody in the D&D scale. Absolutely. Yes, and with that in mind, um, so uh, so what I was, I was asking, how far are you? Uh, let's see, I just finished, I think it was the third dungeon. Um, oh, okay. Were you at the mall? I just finished uh, the mall. Oh, man, the mall was really hard. The mall was a pain in the ass because uh, you have the... First of all, you're chasing the boss around, the whole thing. Uh, second mm-hmm. of all, there's a lot of... There's, like, this weird phase shift that you have to go through to get to all the places in the dungeon. And it's a hard it's a hard dungeon to navigate. And uh, some of the enemies will screw you up if you don't uh, do what's right. Like, there's the... I can't remember what's called, the Nico Matata. Or mm. the cat lady. The weird fetishy cat lady who, uh, if you hit her with a physical attack, she'll retaliate almost certainly, and she'll uh, cause, like, your your character to to basically lose its mind and get muddled and, and will attack your allies. So, yeah, that's the thing. The thing that I love, the difference that I love between Strange Journey and Persona 4, say, is Persona 4 is, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's mm-hmm. the Scoobies, right? Yeah, yeah. After school, we're fighting evil. And... Strange Journey is something totally different. It is. Where it's almost Lovecraftian. Very much so. Where you have normal people going into this this terrifying thing. It's like a wound in the earth. Yeah. That has a scary German name, if I recall yeah, correctly. Yeah, uh, Schwarzfeld. And immediately everything goes wrong. Yeah. And everything gets very creepy very fast and as you delve deeper and deeper you discover madness essentially and god knows what else and it's like the first time you step into the shopping mall and how dis- disconcertingly normal it is but also completely off yeah even the so, the music is like it's it's like muzak but like has like that weird demonic chanting in the background is <laughs> it's really interesting <laughs> Yeah, it was. It's really good in that regard. Yeah, right? yeah. It's a very atmospheric game, and it is. Uh, it does kind of fire in all cylinders. Whereas Persona Four and Five, they, they start you off more slowly. You get to know your friends, mm. you get this and that and that and that. Uh, but it, with uh, Shin Megami Tensei uh, uh, Strange Journey Redux, you basically hit the ground running practically. And it feels like there's an apoc- there's an apocalyptic feel to it, and you feel like you're alone. Yes, and. It just has such a different flavor, frankly, from almost any SMT game that I've played. Mm. Um, a lot of SMT games, I mean, the, your, your average SMT game, it's like, it's set in Tokyo, right. and there are demons, and the apocalypse is happening, right? And this goes in a fairly different direction, like high schoolers are not involved. No, there are no, no high schoolers for miles. Oh, it's, it's fascinating, and... Obviously, all of the systems going at the same time. It does not pull any punches. I, I, I think it's just a tremendous RPG. And I'm really glad that it's back on the 3DS. And I'm really glad that you're playing it. Yeah, it's actually um, an interesting thing I find about it that I didn't write about in the article is uh, you do have some of the demons who have very basic kind of predictable messages about humanity. Like, oh, maybe you're the real demon. It's like, oh, very good, fourth grader. Got out of my way. But you also have this... Um, <laughs> The well, thing that keeps it interesting for me is number one, there's this, there's this angel following you around, and you don't know what his motives are, but he's influencing one of your crew, crew members who um, has had like really traumatic experiences at the hands of the demons. So she, she won't have anything to do with demons, which means she won't summon them. So she has an angel on her side who's helping her, and she's very like grateful for that. And on the other side, you have this friend of yours who is like, you know, these angels are bullshit, like. You know, they're just, like, all wholly stuck up, you know, one-dimensional, 
you can't trust them. So you don't know who to trust. That's that's like, you know, okay, you're in this dark, evil place with no idea who's right and who's wrong. And I, I find that very compelling. Plus you have, you're being chased, or at least I have been chased a couple of times by this really strong girl who has kicked my ass a couple of times. And uh, yeah, so I don't know what her deal is. So I'll, I'm sure I'll find out eventually. SMT Strange Journey was the first SMT game where I really got a taste of what SMT is truly all about. Mm-hmm. The The first person dungeon crawling, the demon negotiation, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, after playing Persona 3 and 4. So uh, it was an interesting, very different transition, I think. And uh, there were certainly familiarities yeah. uh, to the way that everything worked. But at the same time, like it's just a completely different feel to everything. It is. So. Um, can you negotiate with demons in Persona 3? No. Okay, so that same with that in four. Five was like a, right. five was my first real taste of demon negotiation. So at least I knew what yeah. that was about. I thought that was a cool thing that they brought into uh, Persona Five. They they brought in a lot of aspects of the traditional SMT, mm-hmm. you know, setting in Tokyo and that kind of thing uh, with the demon negotiations. I was like, oh, okay, so they they brought it a little closer to the kind of the original the the normal series right. the mainline series so a lot of people might say persona is the mainline series at this point it's <laughs> been looking that way a little bit so yeah uh smt strange journey we're not going to review it because it's a port and it's a fairly obscure port and unfortunately we don't have a lot of time yeah. uh but it is coming out and we're really looking forward to it so uh, it is out now yeah. so we're really you should play it now and enjoy it on the Nintendo 3DS, a real gem of an RPG because the 3DS just won't die. Nope, it's going to hang in there like a demon itself. You and Anthony were talking about lots of different stuff, and I'm not entirely sure what. Uh, so you were talking about Castlevania, and you're also talking about long lost RPGs that you desperately want to play, but definitely probably never will. <clears throat> Rider Kicker said, Agnello talking about the lengths he took to play some obscure RPGs made me think of the pointless things I've done throughout the years in my desire to play more Japanese games. I was in receipt of a modded PS1 for quite a long time, but all I did with it was play my legit copies of FF7 and 8. I was told I could play bootleg games. And the only game that wasn't original was a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2, which was oddly a black disc. It wasn't until, like the late PS2 era, that I bothered to test my PS1's ability capabilities, and the, my first purchase was overpaying for Maxwell CDRs at the local Staples instead of going to J&R. Nadia, I said goodbye to my PS2 the other day. Oh no, what did you do with it? I sold it. Really? Why? Yes, it was time. It's, uh, I can't plug it into any of my, my monitors anymore. Who the, Wait, who the hell is buying a PS2? I guess retro collectors. The internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was a stupid question. I sold it as a lot. Uh-huh. I sold it... Well, first of all, it had a wireless Logitech controller. Okay. It had a flip top that I installed myself oh. so that you could play... Uh, so you could play Japanese games. And I had a, a bunch of Japanese games in addition to some... Uh, in addition to a couple of Western games, and I was basically saying, yeah, if you want a Japanese and a, a, a PS2 that can play both, here you go. Wow. Somebody was willing to pay 100 bucks for it. Not bad. I felt so melancholy when I said goodbye to it. No, yeah, I would. I still, I, I'm still hanging on to all my uh, consoles because I, it's, I gotta have most of them stuffed in a closet somewhere rather than sell them because I'm an idiot. No. No. That there's, I think that at some point... I just look at a game and I go, I am never going to play this again. Yeah. I want to, I wish to, but I know in my heart that I have finished this game. I've enjoyed this game. I've gotten everything I want out of it. I've gotten everything I want out of this system Mm -hmm. and it's time to go. Yeah. And that takes a lot of, you know what? That takes a lot of inner strength. I don't care. It takes takes some inner strength to say goodbye to something like that does if if i didn't i'd still have my psp for god's sake i still have mine a system that i'm definitely never playing again for psp i got my vita yeah. i can get a lot of games on it there are some games that i missed but i actually played 
pretty much all the games I got on my PSP to death. Mm -hmm. I was sad to see it go, but whatever. It happens. One day I will say goodbye to my Vita. Yeah, it happens. But not yet. No, not yet. You got to hang in there for a little bit longer. Monkey Dog POZ says, ever since I learned of their existence, I really wanted to play the Tengai Makio Far East of Eating Games. As far as I'm aware, none of them are translated except for Zero, which only came out a few months ago. I haven't given it a try yet, but hearing this discussion is making me think I should jump on that, although Zero seems different from the other mainline games to me. I particularly want to play the spinoff, The Fourth Apocalypse, since it takes place in a satirical fantasy version of 1800s America. Also interesting, and apparently Joe Hisaishi of Ghibli fame did some of the music for the second game. Oh, Oh, interesting. I've heard of these games, but I've never played them. Have you played them? Uh, No, I've heard of them, like you, but I've never played them. Uh, Bobby Watson says, Panzer Dragoon Saga was my white whale for quite some time, Mm. but I got to finish it last fall, and it was pretty much as great as everyone says. I love it when somebody says that. (laughs) Are they wrong? I know I never played it, so I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, everybody says this game's amazing, but in fact, it is not amazing, and I'm just going to tell you why. There's actually uh, someone, I won't name names uh, for for their protection, but... uh, I was uh, at an event with them, and I was on a bus. We were riding to wherever, and he, they, he, okay, I'll just say he, he was behind me. And I said, uh, we're talking about, like, you know, rare games, and he mentioned he had the Saturn. I said, oh, do you have Panzer Dragoon Saga? And he's like, yes, I do. And I said, is it as good as everyone says? And he just slowly shakes his head. <laughs> Doesn't say a word. Wow. Yep. Gasp. Yep. Okay. Controversy. Well, just send me their address after this podcast so I can go and break their legs. I can't do that. He's such a nice guy. Uh, Bobby Watson finishes, by the way. My new white whales are probably the first four Sakura Tyson entries, which as far as I know have not been translated. I own all four, but I can't read Japanese yet, so someday I might get to play them. Funny Color Blue says, Dark Savior for Sega Saturn. Back in 96, my friend got it for his birthday. I thought it was the hottest JRPG of all time. From the very beginning of the game, you're escorting some serial-killing monster to Prisoner's Island of some sort, but it escapes. So your very first mission from the get-go is to t- reach the captain's cabin four minutes in order to trap the monster or something. I failed at that, but then like every battle in the game, is like a 2D fighting game with rounds. I only played this game for an extremely brief moment of my life, but I totally remember how cool it was. Fighting games like Street Fighter and Virtual Fighter were huge at the time, so for JRPGs to use them as random battles just blew my mind. And then to put multiple endings on top of that. And, yeah, and Max Bebo reminds us that, and this this was at the time, May 13th, uh, which is earlier this week, but uh, RPG Limit Break, which was seven straight days of RPG speedrunning in support of NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and you should go check it out on Twitch. It's already finished, but oh, it should be finished. Uh, it should be finished. Uh, it was seven straight days, so it's not done yet. But it will be done by the time of this podcast. Yeah. But you can probably go check out the archived versions at Twitch.tv/slash RPG Limit Break. And so, uh, before we finish, um, <sighs> these Pokemon leaks. What do you make of them, Nadia? Sorry, you say Pokemon leaks? Oh, leaks! Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Pokemon leagues. Like what? Like <laughs> Pokemon leagues. What do you make of all these Pokemon leaks? Um, I think you're on the money when you say you think it's going to be a, a sp- kind of a spin-off. I mean, people are, mm. are predicting uh, a Kanto remake or, or something Mm-mm. of that nature. Mm-mm. But uh, no, I can't. Set in Kanto because familiarity. Right, right. And, but it's, <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing. It might be something fun and interesting, but it seems like they're vaguely connecting it to Pokemon Go. They're experimenting with AR. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're being what they do, which is trying new things. And it does not sound like it's related to the RPGs at all. Probably not. And okay. Yeah, which is. <laughs> I mean, if it's starring Pikachu and Eevee with no trainer, it's not an R- It's not a mainline RPG. No, that would make it maybe one of the dungeon games, really. Yeah, which it's not. So right. And if it's a spinoff, it's like eh, shrug. <laughs> I wrote it was funny because I wrote this big article for the site it was like I don't think Pokemon Switch is coming out this year. And my reasoning was that usually if they're going to announce a new generation, they do it they never do it in an event, they never do it at E three, mm-hmm. they always do it 
on like a stream or an announcement video or something. And then they basically dribble out information for the rest of the year. Yeah. And uh, make it a big deal. And then they hold one event at the end of the year where the press get to meet a couple of the Japanese developers, uh, interview them, right. and then the game comes out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and they weren't doing that. It was already May. Yeah. <laughs> and it just felt very late in the day to announce a Pokemon generation for the Switch, especially because it would be the earliest that a Pokemon generation has ever been announced uh, for a new console. And uh, then, of course, immediately I start hearing rumors of Pokemon Switch coming. Uh, there's going to be some kind of event soon, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like... No, I think eh. I just... Uh, you're looking at a spinoff, maybe something that gives us an idea of yeah. what the game will look like on the Switch. Like, we'll, have... well, who knows? Maybe we're totally wrong. Maybe it is a Kanto That would be hilarious because... Um, you're... Oh, my God. A Kanto remake on Switch would be amazing. That would be amazing. But uh, it's definitely not a new Pokemon game, because, like a, a whole new mainline game, because you're right when I'm thinking back on like how these events are revealed... Uh, just even like this, having the starters are such a such a big unveiling. Like, mm. and, and it, they 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 have that hype that hype drip feed like just down to a science. I can't see them. And people are like that. saying, "Oh, there's going to be some kind of event in Japan, maybe." Mm. And I'm going, no. "Okay, so do they never introduce them through press events? So what is going on here?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, no, I I think that what has been leaked is probably real. And I'm lukewarm, to be honest, um, based on what I've read. But I'm sure it's I cute guess and we'll fun. See. Like Detective Pikachu is very cute and very fun for what it is. So, yeah. All right. So, Axel Blog God is a U.S. gamer podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever our podcasts are sold. And make sure to give us a review. We love hearing from you. We love when you have something nice to say about the podcast. Please give us a nice review if you want to. If you have something good to say. Naturally, as always, I am on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Nadia is on Twitter at Nadia Oxford. Nadia, did you know? So speaking of Pokemon, apparently I recorded a Pokemon podcast about retro on Retronauts like a couple years ago, and I don't even remember don't because remember I don't remember that at all. Completely spaced it. Because I just remember apparently you had an argument with Mackie about Pokemon. Did I? You did, because he's not really big into Pokemon at all, and, you know, you were trying to convince him, like, okay, well, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad, and <laughs> that's the... Interesting. That's, that's a tittle-tattle I've heard, just, I haven't listened to it myself. Oh, you know, maybe I should listen to it someday. Maybe you should. I I don't listen to podcasts that I've been on. Neither do I. I I'm so self-conscious about my voice. I'm, I'm just like, nah. I think years of listen i think years of editing podcasts have gotten me over that mm, i guess it would because it's kind of like i mean okay whatever right but also i took part in the recording of that podcast so in effect i've already listened to it <laughs> that's a good point does that make sense you know, that to you absolutely makes a point like why would you listen to what you've already know what you why would you listen to what you know is being said Logic. exactly i could listen to blood god once it's already out but I've listened to it so many times during the editing of the podcast. And also I recorded it. So, Solid reason. But, but one result could be that I literally forgot that I recorded this podcast. So I'm actually curious as to what I said. Because people sometimes tweet at me and go, you're just on fire in this podcast, Kat. And I'm like, <laughs> am I? What did I say? I've had, I don't I've know. It happened to me with people sending me articles I wrote like three years ago saying, wow, this is a great article. I'm like... Thanks. I don't remember this at all. Was I drunk? Was I asleep when I wrote this? I don't know. Just completely asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Just rolled my face back and forth in the keyboard. Well, I was like going, are you referring to the Pokemon podcast I recorded in like 2010? <laughs> the Pokemon podcast. Because I, I know I've recorded a couple of them for Retronauts of back in the one-up days. Yeah. But what are you talking? Oh, 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 okay. Right. And then I started to have vague recollections of us talking a lot about the merchandising and, like, the anime. But, I'm act yeah, I'm going to listen to it again. Okay. Let me know what you think. All right. So, I'm a yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I'm officially back. Yay. We'll be back again next week. Uh, even though next... Uh, the the next episode after this one is technically Memorial Day. We're still going to record an episode. We'll just record it 
uh well i mean we record on friday so it's no hey, problem hey, right fixed. so there you go uh, and until then uh, until then for nadia and myself thanks for listening and happy adventuring <laughs>